Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Hey, buddy. Hi. <laughs> What's happening? Why are you screaming so much? Are you, okay? uh, you know, I'm okay. Okay, that's I, good. Sometimes it's just... <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm like really tired in the morning, it's not morning, by the way. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hi, welcome to the What If Podcast. It might be morning whenever you're listening to this. Where it's you not are. for us currently. It's not currently while we're recording. Sometimes, you know, in the morning when I wake up, I, I just, I my alarm goes off and I just sit up and I go, ah, and it just helps me wake up, you know? Is, is that real? You do that? No, hell no. Okay. <laughs> my, what if we recorded my this? My girlfriend would have broken up with me a long well, time ago. I, I, sometimes I, I woke know. up in our shared bed. Just screaming? <laughs> 15 minutes before at 6.45 and went, ah! <laughs> like, what the fuck you is You know who else I bet you? really appreciates that? Uh, appreciates you doing that right now over and over again? The other person who lives in your house <laughs> yeah. when we're in your studio? I should, yeah, next time we do it, I'll yell her name and see if she responds. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Area 51 today. Oh man, are we ever? What if you had an area numbered? What if you, what had if you an numbered area a lake? With, uh, <laughs> a dry lake, which we'll get into, but I don't understand fully. Yeah, we're, it used to be a lake and it dried out. Now I it's a desert. Then I don't think you, you can call it a lake anymore. That's it's a, what it's I, a lake bed. Yeah, but I still don't it think it's a lake. lake. No, it's like not a, currently. A, it a used lot to of things. Yeah, but a lot of things used to be lakes, and we don't call them lakes anymore. Well, it used to be a lake when we were naming stuff. Still, we didn't have names for well. Somebody had names for things that got lost when they were, used to be things. Adam and, and Eve now they're other did. things. Adam and Eve named That's everything. That's not correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that went. No, false. Yeah, and, it used to be a lake and then it dried up, and then they just kept calling it the thing that they called it. I mean, I guess you can't just call it Groom. That's awkward. What well, could be Groom Desert? Well, it's Instead not a desert though. It's a part of the desert. Groom flat area that used to have water. Yeah, in it. that's See, way it's so better. Much, it's great. so much smoother. Yeah, dude. you nailed it. It's so much smoother. I think you're on to something. Um, I'm kind of surprised it's taken us this long to talk about Area 51 for whatever it's worth. It's a classic for sure. It is a classic. I got to pull up. Uh, I, I'm just going to make sure. We got some Twitter DMs. Ooh, have about you not, Area 51? Yeah, dude. Complete with photos. Have you not seen these? Excuse me? Okay, so in case you're wondering, if Custom you DM us photos? on Twitter, I will see it. Ryan will not. Yeah, I went back and forth with this dude a lot. See, this the thing is, though, is that you have more opportunity to check them, so I don't get the notifications what if you, there's a new what message. What are you trying to say, bro? I'm trying, trying to, say, to say, say I sit at my computer all day looking <laughs> up shit about aliens? 100% exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, cool, because that would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be entirely accurate. That would be... 90% of- uh, no this this I think I showed you these the guy who went to area 51 and saw a bunch of, no we read his story on the air since then he followed up with photos of all of this stuff what and uh, I gotta ask permission to make sure we can share these but uh, some of the things we're going to be talking about tonight we have photos of courtesy of one of our listeners like self-taken photos yeah he we told remember we told the story a couple weeks ago he and his wife went there and they saw this jet that turned into not a jet. Oh, and then they saw crazy yeah, like contrails and stuff. Right. So I followed up with dude, and he sent me some photos of some of the stuff that he saw. Mm, type. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't get the him. school bus with the blacked out windows. Remember that thing? Wait, what? He saw a school bus with all blacked out windows. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yep, look, yep, he yep, sent yep. us a photo now. <sighs> so I, I gotta check with him, make sure oh, we can post these. But that's kind of creepy. It's like it's a very white creepy. school bus with like blacked out windows. It when looks we get like a into, prison bus. Yeah, when we get into Bob Lazar later, that's actually a thing that he talks about. Oh, fucking Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar might have been on that bus, bro. Oh, 
of course we have to talk about Bob Lazar. <laughs> if we're talking about Area 51 on a fucking comedy conspiracy podcast, we're not not talking about we're Bob not, Lazar. not talking about yeah, Bob Lazar. For all right. sure. I That's just, really all I looked at today, so sorry. <laughs> Bob sorry Bob. if you wanted actual information. <laughs> I'll be providing some actual information today. I'm, I'm full up to the gills with bullshit, though, in case that's what you're here for. <laughs> this is why we make a good team, you know? 50% facts, 50% bullshit, 50% conjecture, 150% fun. 100% fun. It's the what it brings. Shout out to the guy who hated our morning radio DJ shtick. We got uh, our, I don't want to give this too much time because that dude's an asshole. We but, shouldn't. But it was, I just thought it was really funny that the previous week I'd been like, why haven't we gotten any, like, you're a piece of shit one-star reviews yet? And then, like, 12 hours later, we got one. We got probably the angriest review we've ever gotten. The dude said we're worse than colon cancer or something. Yeah. It was lovely. Look, I... I Shout out to that guy. I I hope your life gets better, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say two things about that, and then we will keep it moving ASAP. I almost cried laughing at it because it was (laughs) so aggro and mean and upset about our show. I love the people that will take time out of their day to be like... I don't like a thing that you did. I especially fucking hope these guys <laughs> die in the ditch. Like, I was on be like, dude. well, I didn't even know you existed, so let's call it even. <laughs> you know, I didn't make it for you, John. I'm sorry. Also, like, we just put free stuff on the internet. Like, <laughs> sorry, why are you so I, mad sorry about I've it? Sorry I spent thousands of hours making free stuff for people to enjoy why, for free. Why are you so mad about the free thing yeah. we just, like, joke together on the internet? Anyway, that's not the point of this. If you want to cancel out a mean person, <laughs> go on iTunes <laughs> and leave uh, us a kind just, review because we got to this shit and enjoy it. a and pretty aggressive one we'll also have fun yes absolutely and tell me about groom lake aka area 51 aka dreamland <laughs> aka paradise whatever they called it paradise beach no paradise not paradise know. beach uh paradise ranch paradise ranch that's, that's what one. it was that's the ticket um yeah i i love <laughs> show me what you got i've got um i've got a lot of information about Area 51 is what I've got. That's I what like, I was hoping you had. I like that they called they called it via nickname Dreamland and uh, and Paradise Ranch because I do feel like there's some element of I don't know of military code names where things are a little sarcastic. <laughs> oh, it, that's absolutely what it was. Uh, Annie mm. Jacobson wrote a, an amazing book. Called just called Area Fifty One that came out maybe four or five years ago. I'm sure we'll link to it in everything that we put on the internet. And she, it was so in 2007. A lot of the stuff about Area Fifty One got declassified, or about some of the projects that were happening there, at least. Like the, I'm sure you're about to get into specifics, but sort of, yeah. And uh, that also meant that a lot of the people that worked at Area Fifty One were able to talk about some of what they did. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of her book is based on interviewing these pilots and engineers and people that worked at Groom Lake and the other uh, adjoining sites. Yep. And that's exactly what they said is like it was a sarcastic making fun of the fact that you were moving out to the middle of the fucking nowhere in the desert to live with like 20 other guys and to maybe trick a couple of people into agreeing to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Make it sound pleasant when it's just going to be, you're in a bunker in the side of a hill in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. Oh, you heard of this new dreamland? Sounds pretty fancy. Paradise French. Cool. Oh. Yeah. You got to take Janet to work every day and... uh, That was the code name for the airplane that flew oh, people out right, of the right. Las from, Vegas from airport. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet, they called it. It was a, it's like a Boeing seven thirty seven with blacked out windows. It's <laughs> an awkward name for a, 
Why do you have to name the plane? Janet incoming! Yeah, what what? Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so let's let's get some let's lay a basic groundwork for Area 51, because I did not have a basic groundwork. Well, I thought I had a basic groundwork until I realized I didn't at all. I was like, oh, it's like a secret thing in the Southwest, and then I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm talking Aliens about. Aliens and Kevin a, Garnett. Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> 21? Yeah. Oh, boy, that was... He looks like he could be an alien. Kevin Garnett? Yeah. Only because he's so big. Anything is possible. He's so big. Um. Okay, so a few, I think, fun and interesting facts about Area 51. Hit me with the fun facts, bro. <laughs> Officially, it is recurred to, referred to as Homie Airport. Mm-hmm. Sup, homie? Mm-hmm. Uh, or Bloom Lake. Groom Lake? Excuse me. Bloom Lake is the name of the lake, and then there's Groom Lake. Bloom Lake I've and Groom Lake. I've never heard of Bloom Lake before. I think it's Bloom Lake, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Did I, did I literally think Groom and write Bloom? I've never heard anything called Bloom wow, Lake such before, an idiot. but I could I totally, be wrong. No, I 100% did exactly what I just said I did, which cool. is... Yeah, that's, I, that's pretty dumb. It's called Groom Lake. <laughs> <laughs> I got three of the five letters right. Is that, so that's a pretty bad percentage. Nope. I feel like that's roughly the percentage of things we occur. That's, that's a D minus no guy. Sense. Three of five. <laughs> We're um, barely passing. That that describes our podcast. That's true. Barely passable. Um, so from what we can see from satellite imagery, Area 51 consists of almost uh, just under 70 separate buildings. Above ground. Above ground. Mm. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That takes into consideration nothing of what we have heard is potentially underground. But for above ground from satellite imagery and pictures taken, etc., we can count almost 70 separate buildings, many of which are hangars, identified as hangars based on what we know to be the size of them. Yeah. So big, big buildings, many of them yes. are, are quite large. Airplane sized. Airplane sized, or potentially many airplanes. Multiple sized. airplane sized. Yes. Um, some of the How newest- much property you got? About six airplanes. <laughs> it's a new unit of measurement I'm using. <laughs> got eight choppers. Um, so they uh, they have been building as recently as they finished the most recent hangar in I think 2009. They started in oh, really? seven. Um, Wait, so they declassified shit and then kept building there? Yeah, they're still building on that weird property. I didn't know that. Also, not all of that that is declassified, Area 51. Well, right, but the general existence of it and some of the projects from the 50s are... Uh, well, the government didn't acknowledge that Area 51 existed until 2013. Oh, okay. There was a FOIA request So these things submitted. were happening at an undisclosed location that we know exactly where it is, but we're just not going to say what it's called? Correct. <laughs> yes. God damn it. So I mean, stupid. Area 51 has been Area 51 in the public's mind for a very long time, right. but the government just was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. I don't see shit. Right. Prove it. Prove it's there. <laughs> I dare you. And if you do, we will kill you. Yeah. Sorry. Walk so, ten, sorry about you. Walk 10 feet over this line so you can point it out and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, they didn't. They, there was a, a Freedom, of, Freedom of Information Act request uh, that was put in, I think, think in like 2009 or 2011 it took a bunch of years for them to figure it out and it was the first time that the government officially acknowledged that area 51 actually existed in 2013 obama was the first president to ever refer to it by the name area 51 he did in some white house speech or something like that and it was like a crack more than anything um but he said it when he was the first president to ever say it even though everyone was like area 51 area 51 for many years that's because the presidents didn't have the proper clearance to even know about it, obviously. Well, there are some that maintain that is still the case, that there are certain things that go on there that not even the president gets yeah. to know about. Yeah. 
like aliens, mostly. Mm. You'd think you'd want the president to know about aliens, but we'll get to that. Um, the actual ground site, so the way that they identify Area 51 as Area 51, it's actually part of a larger series of military installations in sort of central Nevada, which consists of the Nevada Test and Training Range, the NTTR, the Tonopah Test Range, the TTR, the Nevada Test Site, the NTS, and the bombing and gunnery ranges uh, of the surrounding area. And this is all about 80 miles north of Las Vegas. Yes, correct. Um, all of those ranges and test sites combined with, so Area 51 is sort of centrally located and overlaps each of these ranges in different ways. It's in between Area 50 and Area 52. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers. Um take up 5,200 square miles. Is that a lot? That is the equivalent <laughs> of I'm roughly... I'm offering a lot to the podcast so far. Is that big? How big is big, Ryan? <laughs> Teach me big. How many airplanes is uh, that? That is so many airplanes. That is roughly 3 million acres, if you want to think about how many acres your house is on. It's just a, even... Uh, we couldn't figure out how big an acre was on this podcast once. Nah, that helps. Okay, um, here's here's maybe a better one for you. The no-fly zone that consists, or that, that so Area 51 is designated by most as the no-fly zone around the, the area yeah. itself. Right. The ranges you can fly through as long as there aren't actual tests going on and they make those very clear to the FAA and stuff like that when traffic needs to be diverted. What if, what if there are steam-powered missile launches going on? <laughs> Mad Mike Hughes. <laughs> Mad Mike Hughes. It didn't happen again, by the way. It was supposed to be last Saturday. We didn't tell everybody on the podcast about Mad Mike Hughes, the oh, best, the best no. limo driver in the world. I feel like we did. The most I don't know what's happening anymore. limo driver in the world. This guy was going to launch a rocket, in, uh, like, I don't know, some stupid small, no, like 1,200 feet in the air to prove that the world was flat. <laughs> and it was steam-powered, and he was launching it from the back of an RV. And he's the self-proclaimed... Uh, Most famous limo driver in the world. Yeah, Mad Mike Hughes. Uh, shockingly, it didn't work. He was well, gonna, he didn't actually pull the pull, press the red button, I guess. Well, right, his RV broke down, and then he didn't have the right permits. Uh, and then he was going to do it a week later, and then he just hasn't said anything since then. So either he tried it and he died, or uh, he gave up. Maybe he did it, and he learned that the Earth is actually fucking round, and then he killed himself because he was so sad. That's aggressive. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's, I'm not sure I'm, I'm into that sort of speculation. I'm just saying he was very interested in this idea, so much so that he went through these great lengths. Anyway, so it's the 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 no fly box is is how big? The no fly box is 575 square miles, so it's about 23 miles wide and 25 miles high. So it's almost ex an exact square, 23 miles, miles by 25 high? miles. On a map, like oh, north not south like up into the air. North south 25 miles, east west 23 miles. Got it. How far up does a no fly zone go? I don't know. All the way? I don't know. I would imagine all the way. I would imagine they don't want anyone in any space up there at all because they could be doing all kinds of up and down maneuvers. That was all the way to all the way to space. Probably. To the tippy. Probably. To the tippy top of space. <laughs> but yeah, so think I about guess. that. Think about driving sixty miles an hour for twenty five minutes and then taking a right and driving another twenty five minutes going sixty miles an hour. And you you would go around the size of the base that way. Okay, that's pretty big. It's pretty fucking big. <clears throat> um, 
And the test ranges around it, like I said, are uh, cover 5,200 square miles. So that's closer to, uh, what is that? Two, oh, 52 yeah. by 100. 52 <laughs> by 100. A very long, <laughs> thin strip of land. Um, it's a two to one ratio. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. Perfect. Math. Perfect. Math. Um, so yeah, we're, we're hiring math, science, and English consultants for the yeah. show, by the way, at what if pod or hi at what if podcast.com. If you know anything about anything, we could probably use your help. We need consultants to call in and cancel out our bullshit. And by hiring, I mean, we're broke. So if you want to just like <laughs> so we'll pay contribute you in, to this nonsense, we'll pay you in high fives. Yes. Um, but yeah, anyway, that area is just significantly bigger than I ever thought it was. Like there's when not I, a whole lot out in the desert. You can make make stuff pretty big without getting in anybody's way. Yeah, no, for sure. And and all that area is protected government land, but even just area 51 alone being a 25 almost 25 by 25 mile box in the middle of the desert is that's fucking huge with 70 buildings on it. Like that's a complex, like a big oh, yeah. complex. When when did the government acquire or start using that land? Is it a, like a World War II thing? Sort of a World War II thing. So, uh, in November of 1954, Dwight D. Eisenhower, okay. shout out to people named Dwight. Um, Guys, did you know that Ryan's middle name is Dwight? What up? It's so good. I love it. It's such an absurd name. I love my middle name. For a man name. who's not like 90. Boy, it's my grandpa's name. <laughs> Proud of my middle name. It's great. Um, couple of... Uh, Couple of Dwight's and Elliots over here. Hey, Dwight's and Elliots. We do got some old man middle Just names, don't we? I love whitest it. Whitest middle names possible. <laughs> White old man names. Um, Eisenhower approved the secret development of a program called the U2 program. Yeah. Spy planes, right? Spy planes. So basically, World War II ends in 1947? No, 45. It was 45. It was 41 to 45, wasn't it? 45. Uh, yeah. So in 45, World War II ends. Pardon me. Uh, and we basically start still feeling a little bit weird about the Soviet Union going, mm, what are you guys doing? 39 to 45, sorry. 39 to 45. Uh, and in order to combat our, oh, what are you guys doing feeling, we decide through uh, Eisenhower signing off on it that they need to they need to have a new airplane that can fly very, 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 very high up in the sky so that it can do surveillance over countries that other planes that we had historically could not uh, do without being recognized by sight or by radar. Right. U-2 was just like reconnaissance, right? It was not armed. I believe it was just a high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft. The plan, if they got spotted, was just... Run away. Run like hell. We're faster and can fly higher than any of your planes. Run like so hell. Yeah, just keep going ya. higher if yeah. you get seen. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that was... Didn't it fly at like something stupid, like 50 or 60,000 feet? It was higher than 60,000 feet. Okay. They'd average 60,000, which means it went even higher That's than insane. that. Closer to 70,000. Yeah. It was built in the 50s? And for what it's worth, and we'll actually get into this later, but at the time... So currently, commercial aircraft fly in like the thirty to 40,000 feet range. Right. Back in the day, they flew closer, back in that day, they flew closer to like ten to 20,000 feet in the air Okay, for commercial airlines. Do you and know then, why? I don't. I I had... I've always wondered about that. Like, I did why, too, why is especially that? when I was reading about this. I mean, I assume part of it is so that you can separate air traffic, but... Well, part of me thought it also had to do with fuel capacity and engine power, because if you... Oh. 
because the higher up you go, you have right, thinner, right, right, right. Uh, thinner atmosphere, so you have to have a more powerful engine to keep you going at the same speed. They had to actually develop new fuel for the U two, also. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Because regular that jet fuel at that pressure would explode because mm. the pressure changes significantly as you go higher. Damn. Yeah. So at that speed and that pressure, they would have just blown up if they had that, used regular jet fuel. That was a bummer to learn, wasn't it? I mean, I'm hoping they did that math before they Keep sent somebody up, up there. Dave. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that an engineer caught that before they tested it. But. It got to 56,000. Who's, who's next? Coming in hot with the death jokes tonight. <laughs> death jokes. <laughs> Not heck. Heck. Um, I will say, so we're a few minutes into the show right now. I have at the top of my show notes, prediction, we will not make it three minutes into this episode before Spencer hits the aliens drop from Ancient Aliens. <laughs> oh. And and my prediction is thusly false. Oh, no. Look what I've done. <laughs> oh, that was really good. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I figured you were going to come in hot with the aliens takes right away. I'm being patient. Uh, no, it's good. It's we'll good. get there. We'll Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Let's say we'll get there. Um, yeah, so, uh, so the YouTube project, uh, needed a place where they could develop and try to fly airplanes much higher than ever before, where they could create a no-fly zone, etc. And somebody said, you know, it would be great, Nevada, where nobody fucking lives, and there's a bunch of salt flats, and... It really sucks out there, no one wants to be there, no you one guys wants should to go be there. there. So we should, yeah, so yeah. we should go settle it. And that's literally exactly what they did, um... Even today, there's not much around there, right? No. I mean, I don't think it helps that they've got three million acres of government land that you can't inhabit or much much of it drive through. Yeah, I suppose. You got to go around a lot of it now. What's the <laughs> What's the one town that's like sort of nearby? It's like Rachel, Nevada or something? I can't remember. It? I can't remember. Uh, it's not important. Um, so they were testing spy planes. Yeah. So building and testing? Building and testing. Doing all the... Doing, I think, literally everything related to the project. How's that there. stuff work? Do they like, is it assembled there, but they contract out parts? You're not manufacturing everything on site. No, I would imagine they probably, they probably design and plan specifications on site, contracted out pieces under classified contracts. And but then if it's going to be secret, you have to at least assemble it there, right? That's, you can't yeah. transport that. No, that's what I'm saying. I think they probably had parts shipped in yeah. into the hangars, and then they had plenty of engineers who were capable of building these things with the parts brought to them. Do you know how many were made? <clears throat> the U2s? Yeah. I don't. Because it was, how long was it around for before it was replaced by the, what was it, the A12 next? Um, I think it was the A12 that was next. The U2, I can look here. I've got another article. I don't think it was super long. And then they made the the military version of it, too. Um, the SR-71 wow. was basically a U-2 with guns on it. The U-2 is capable of flying at altitudes of 70,000 feet, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's way, way the fuck up there. Way the fuck up there. What is that, like 10 miles plus? Um, that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, it is. It's more than 10 miles. It's like, yeah, 12 miles? I don't know. We're See? bad at math. This is well documented at this point. Would you like to consult with our show and be our, <laughs> for basic math? Be our calculator. <laughs> Can you divide numbers into Can each other? Can you be our calculator? You said seventy thousand. <clears throat> seventy thousand divided divided by five thousand two hundred eighty. That's thirteen and a quarter. Thirteen and a quarter miles. That's so many miles up in the air. That is not a thing I can really comprehend. I bet you can see the Earth's curve from up there. Um, yeah, 
Probably. Someone tell <laughs> that's, that's basically space, isn't it? Someone tell B.O.B. Where does space start? 60 miles or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that I'm going to stop asking questions that I know either. neither of us know the answers to. <laughs> um, Google, where does space start? Where? How big is space? How many, <laughs> how many airplanes is space? There is no definite altitude above the Earth's surface where outer space begins. However, the Kármán line, an altitude of 62 miles above sea level, is conventionally used as the start of outer space in space treaties and in aerospace records keeping. Ooh, space treaties sound. They're about a fifth of cool. the way to space. That's pretty wild. Um, That's so, got to be about as high as airplanes can work, right? I imagine. Gonna gonna run out of resistance eventually up there. Well, right, and I would imagine that if they could have pushed it higher, they probably would have tried to, right? Well, I don't know what their camera technology was like at the That's time true. either, because you, you still got to be take, able to take pictures of stuff. Yeah, aerial photography was like one of their main purposes. Taking a picture so. from 13 miles away already sounds pretty challenging. So, sounds like you're not going to get a whole lot. Also, yeah. feel like there'd be a lot of clouds in between there. Yeah, I really don't know how that would work. Yeah. It obviously did, though. Yeah, no, I guess so. Maybe Good if you fly in circles enough and take enough photos, on it. for sure. <laughs> So, good thing we're not designing spy planes, and good. we're just making bullshit podcasts. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> so over the years, uh, what's been declassified as next was the A-12, and then it was the Bird of Prey, and then it was the F-117A, and the Tacit Blue, and all of these things are aircraft that we know now were designed, built, developed, tested, flown in the Nevada desert in both the uh, no-fly zone that is known as Area 51, as well as in the surrounding Nevada test ranges as, uh, as well. Um, we, we also know that through declassified documents, uh, Area 51 had a role in Project Have Donut. Oh, I don't know this one. Project Have Donut. Have Donut? Have. As in, like, I have a donut? Yes. Or half of a donut? Nope, uh, as in... Would you like to have a donut? Have okay. donut. What was this project? project? I've never heard of this one. Have donut. <clears throat> um, I still I couldn't even figure out why it was called that. I don't know. No, these code names really make sense. That's the, the A twelve was called ox cart for some reason. Yeah, I don't. That's yeah, not how planes operate. Know. That's a bad source of propulsion. Yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> ox can't fly. Oxen. Oxen. Hiring an English consultant. <laughs> Hi, what if podcast? <laughs> Help us learn how to speak. We need. We basically we, telling you. It's not even a consultant. We just need tutors. If, <laughs> if you look, if you're a teacher, and you'll and you'll take us back to high school. I, the worst part is I have been for like a decade. <laughs> we both have degrees from a college. I, I am technically a licensed teacher right now. Wow. Yeah. We should. I know. <laughs> should, we should I, quit everything. Well. Um, thought about it. <laughs> quitting it all. Um, in the 70s, there was an attempt to study what were at the time covertly obtained Soviet MIGs, which is oh, yeah. a certain type of jet that uh, the Soviets were using. I have, as I said, I was just going to bring up random things that you, when you reminded me of something from that book I read. Please do. There's a quote from one of the engineers uh, that worked at Area 51 that was allowed to speak about it in Annie Jacobson's book. And he said, quote, we did re reverse engineer a lot of foreign technology, including the Soviet MIG fighter jet yep. out at the area. Yeah. So some of the rumors of 
reverse engineering alien craft and stuff. He's like, well, I see how you could get there because we were reverse engineering exactly weird looking airplanes yeah. that weren't made by the United States. Right. They were Russians and not aliens, but... Right. But also, too, we don't know how how deep that rabbit hole goes in terms of reverse engineering other wow. countries. They say right. that there's a possibility that we were obtaining these through trading with other countries. So, so that, say, was, that was my next question. They actually got an MIG yeah. somehow? Yep. But we don't know how? We would never be able to actually go through the like reverse how engineering the, it. But imagine, so imagine this. get another country's fighter jet, well, like intact? Sure. I mean, think about it this way. There's a possibility that in Europe and Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union and all that stuff that planes were being manufactured in multiple different places. You also have the possibility that they could have potentially crashed in a different country in that area. Somebody could have rescued it. That wasn't going to give it back to them. We could but then trade. how do you get it here? You mean you ship it? You put it. You put it in a cargo plane. You put it on a. It's a big thing to ship covertly. I mean, I mean, you out could of a foreign country. Put it on an aircraft carrier somehow. Yeah, but we're, t- and yeah, we're talking put it under a tarp. The fifties too, though. I mean, we had aircraft carriers in the fifties. I know. I'm just saying, all that's probably a little more complicated than it would be today. For sure. No, I, I definitely agree with you. That's crazy. But but yeah, we were trying to obtain, I think, as many foreign like technologies it, as we it, could. It, that makes a lot of sense, right? And that, and this appears to be the only or the best documented place where we were actually spending time trying to figure out how they worked and how they were designed. Um, I will say at this point, as recently as uh, as recently as two thousand and I want to get the date right. So let me pull this up really quickly. While you're looking at that, another yeah. quote from the same engineer. I don't remember his name right now. Uh, oh, Thornton Barnes. He was a special projects special projects engineer at Area 51. Strong name. He was the guy who said that they did reverse engineer Soviet jets. Yes. He also said three test cell facilities were connected by railroad, but everything else was underground. Speaking to mm. a lot of the rumors about there being expansive underground uh, networks of right. more buildings and bunkers and hangars and everything. He, he confirmed that there was the majority of what they were doing was actually underground. Wow. Which so if is, you think you've got 70 structures above ground and he's saying there's considerably more underground. Right. Well, and it makes and sense. building railways and shit? Like how? Right. That's such a huge investment. Totally. Well, and it makes sense too if you want to keep things super duper secret and you want I mean, to be able to- That's a great way to protect against uh, spy planes is yeah. just put the shit underground. No satellite imagery, no telescopes, no nothing will yeah. actually put you in a situation where you can see that. Um, yeah. Uh, so actually, as recently as 2000 and- Where's the date? Man, I bought you a lot of time to not come up with that 2017. Date there, <laughs> 2017. Oh, the current year. Okay. The current year we're in. I thought as for, recently as currently. I, for a second, I thought it was 2016. This actually happened in September of 2017. That's, we might as well just call that right now. Right now, um, the U.S. Air Force took three days to acknowledge that an Air Force pilot uh, had died flying an airplane in the Nevada desert. And unlike most disclosures, when people die in training accidents and things like that, they talk exactly about, we were doing a test mission where we were bringing a B-2 bomber from here to here, and this is the thing that happened, and unfortunately, X, Y, and Z happened. 
Uh, in this situation, Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Eric Schultz, who was 44 years old, uh, died in the process, and the military said that information about the type of craft involved is classified and not releasable. Yeah. So the uh, the prevailing theory actually from um, Aviation Week, which is a, is a website obviously about airplanes, um, have sussed out the fact that they believe he was piloting a foreign aircraft of some kind. Mm. So to this day... They had like Ikea instructions and he couldn't... <laughs> he couldn't read the cartoons. Joked about way too many people dying on this show. I'm sorry. That was that was poor. Hey, listen. It was a team lift and he was flying by himself. We, hey, you know... There were two of the rotund little Swedish guys, and but he only had one in the plane. With like the three sprouts for hair. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, they believe though, again, that the, they're basically, we're still doing the exact same thing as we are finding ways to pirate our way into aircraft from other countries, other planets, other planets, and we're bringing them to area 51, trying to reverse engineer the technology. And also I would imagine there's a, there's probably a, a covert use of if you can teach an American how to... Oh, for sure. That would be super useful. Yeah. Drop them into that country, and yeah. then all of a sudden you've got a you've got a spy that can hotwire a jet and get out of there, you know, <laughs> do some cool <laughs> That's shit. That's how it works, right? I think... Gone I think in 60 just, seconds, that shit. I think you just, just hotwire them, dude. Yeah, you just cross the wires and you're good to go. Swiss Army knife and like a military spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucking out of there. <laughs> Did you say a military spoon? Yeah, don't they give you like, the a, like a specific like a rations spork? kit? <laughs> yeah, it's like a metal spork. <laughs> it's like a spoon, but sharper? Yeah. <laughs> you can stab people with it? It's a metal spork. Um, so yeah, man, that, uh, that's sort of the, the, I would say publicly acknowledged version of what Area 51 really is. The, to your point about the drastic expenses of the place, keep in mind that, uh, we do know that $58.7 billion a year goes into the black budget. That black budget is not part of the Department of Defense budget. It's not part of... Uh, any of our other sort of publicly acknowledged things that are line items in the U.S. budget. It's just straight up. There's $58.7 billion that goes into things that are classified every single year. We don't talk about what those things are. Got to feed the aliens somehow. Got to feed those aliens. I was just thinking about how much, you're in the desert. How much water are you just pumping in there all the time? Oh, you mean to like keep people hydrated and shit? Just yeah, for the place to exist and for well, how, how whatever hundreds of people to live there. I mean, if you're that far underground, though, how far do you got to go to actually get water? Just getting all groundwater. You probably Is that why going, there's a drought in California. You're probably going, yeah, it's all getting rerouted to, the, to Nevada. sucking it out of the bedrock. Um, two two quick things about Area 51 that I think will probably take us into our break, and then we'll take and things we'll go full Bob Lazar, fully off the rails the into minutes. our conspiracy theories. Um, so. As as we all know, uh, the Roswell crash happened in 1947. Correct. Apparently- I was just, we were just informed before we started recording that my father-in-law grew up in Roswell, New Mexico, and somehow I didn't know this. And somehow we've never had him on the show before. His dad was in the military, and I knew they lived in a, a bunch of different places. I did not know that that was one of them. Well. So I'm going to be giving him a call tomorrow <laughs> and uh, seeing if that's something we should discuss on the podcast. At- yeah. 
some future date. Yes, I think this is a great idea. Anyway, yes, Roswell happened in 47. Yeah, and um, and the Nevada Test and Training Range and some of those other military ranges were already in place Okay. at that time. So Area 51 itself was not, but some of the ranges for testing and stuff were. That's where we were testing bombs and stuff like that in the 40s anyway. Weather balloons um, filled with aliens. Well, so what people think is when the Roswell crash happened, there's a possibility that the closest confidential area where they could take something that crashed, whether that be a U.S. craft or a foreign craft or fucking aliens, if you want to go all the way there, would have been to one of the Nevada test and training sites. So that's partially what fed a lot of the, ooh, Area 51's where the aliens are, is because many people say that that was where whatever was collected from the Roswell crash ended up eventually was somewhere in that area or potentially traveled there first before it was ported off to another fort, whatever, whatever. So that's Uh, sort of a contributing characteristic. One more tie into that that book that we've mentioned a few times now. Uh, Annie Jacobson has a related but slightly different take on Roswell and Area 51 and and the the connection. She thinks that this the crash in Roswell was basically the beginning of the of the Cold War, and she thinks that it was a a Russian craft that crashed, and that there were actual inhabitants that were the results of human experiments. Whoa! And uh, once the like that the rumors started around the Roswell crash and aliens and whatever and whatever. The uh, the government and the military just kind of adopted the UFO stuff as good cover for the sure fucked up and covert and or covert things that were actually going on. Right, and she thinks that they may have at least not quieted and maybe helped perpetuate some of those UFO and alien rumors. Oh yeah, for just sure, as cover and distraction to what they were actually doing. And we were talking before the show a little bit about the whole uh the movie mirage book and movie mirage men yep and richard doty and all the like disinformation stuff that we'll probably get into in depth uh, on a, a later show but we know that they were at least for a while encouraging people to believe in and perpetuate rumors and myths and legends around ufos and aliens and spacecraft and for sure all this stuff uh, just as as distraction from what was actually going on i've thought about that <clears throat> excuse me, before with uh, um, the Majestic 12 stuff. Yeah. Which is another thing we could probably get much more in-depth into in another episode. But for those that don't know, there was this alleged secret society of scientists and ufologists who put together all this paperwork about a about a program related to aliens and shit. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's just some somebody who wanted like people to think that aliens were real, but they put out shitty paperwork about it. And I was like, yeah, or that could totally be the government being like, yeah, uh, fucking aliens. Yeah, sure. we'll run with that. Yeah, yep. whatever. That's yep. fine. This That's weird enough that that's no one's going to believe better than anything it. we came up with, yeah. and you guys already seem to believe it, so let's just keep that going. Right. Yeah. So there's that, and then just to just to keep going down that line, um, the, the UFO reports that happened in the area and around spiked in the 50s and 60s, and one of the big reasons that they attribute to that is that they were testing aircraft right. that were different shapes and sizes than anything anybody was familiar with that were flying at altitudes 
that people were entirely unfamiliar with. At higher speeds than people were probably used to. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. pilots who were going, this is a UFO. This isn't a fucking, like, this is no craft I've, like I've ever seen. Well, no, it absolutely wasn't. That, that, exactly. <laughs> it was exa- <laughs> That was kind of the point yeah. was they were seeing wing glints at 70,000 feet up in the air, which think if you think about it, a commercial airliner would be flying 50,000 feet lower than that, potentially 60,000 feet lower than that. So they're right. looking up, seeing wing, gl- wing glints in an area where they're like, there's no that way it should be, be doing that. Right. They're also flying faster than any commercial jet ever because they're jet-propelled fucking surveillance vehicles, so they're right. zooming across the sky. So there's this huge uptake in the UFO reports around the same period of time in that specific area. Of course. Which then continues to perpetuate the rumors and... And or all of the thoughts. there were actual live aliens at Area 51. We're going to take a break <laughs> and go full-blown, crazy, batshit Bob Lazar theories in just a moment. It's what if. Hey, friends, it's Spencer. If you don't know, we have a Patreon page. You can find it at patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. And every week we put a new episode up there exclusive for our patrons so for just five bucks a month you can get double the amount of what if every single week and actually it's, it's more than double because sometimes we'll put up video content or uh, extra q a episodes or some behind the scenes stuff or just whatever we feel like if you could take a second and go check us out patreon.com slash what if podcast your support means a ton to us it really it honestly helps us keep this show going pay our bills and keep the mics on and just be able to keep giving you cool shit every week so if you're listening in the apple podcast app just scroll down there's a link otherwise just go to patreon.com slash what if podcast Warning, restricted area. It is unlawful to enter this area without permission of the installation commander. While on the installation, all personnel and the property under their control are subject to search. Use of deadly fourth is authorized. Did I say fourth? Youth of deadly youth, youth at deadly fourth. Youth of deadly fourth is authorized. Nobody cares. Warning, no <laughs> trespassing. Maximum punishment of a thousand dollar fine and six months imprisonment. This is considered a dick move. Dude, they're they're not psyched, man. They're not psyched about anyone coming near them. Uh oh. Did you know that <laughs> did you know that they uh some people think that in the surrounding area they have road sensors that actually alert the patrol vehicles because that that's that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Can you imagine how many dickheads are just pulling up trying to like, I want to see the aliens. Where are the aliens? Right. Let me see the aliens. Totally. Yeah. I, so, some I pe- would threaten them with death also. Some if- people have even claimed that <laughs> death also. This is a death-heavy episode. You know what? I like it. I'm disturbed. I don't know why I decided to do this. <laughs> Some people have even claimed that they've gotten F-15 flyovers for venturing too close or for staying too long. Wait, just personally? Like they're walking around and a plane flies over them? As in like a group of people examining... Fuck you, 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 fuck you. How about I break the sound barrier in your fucking face? Hmm? How about I that? I don't believe those people that have claimed that. 
I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they would be big enough, uh, big enough proponents of you not sticking around very long that they'd be like. And that just tells me that you don't have much to do. Well, or does it tell you that they actually really give a shit about people not getting too close and slowing their fucking roll? It's a reptilian. Still haven't heard the aliens drop. It's a reptilian. <laughs> okay, sure. I guess if that's the we'll just, we'll just double down on the on the reptilian, cause yeah, we're going Bob Lazar on this bitch. <laughs> going Bob Lazar should just be a be a verb. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make Bob Lazar a verb. <laughs> Lazar, Lazard, Lazar. Mm. It's a reptilian. Oh shit! Get it because you said lizard. I did. So you can't get into any of the crazy Area 51 lore, conspiracy theory, mythology nonsense without talking about Bob Lazar. I mean, you can. We just choose you not to. It's not recommended. <laughs> we just choose not to. Bob Lazar is a gentleman who in the late 80s uh, decided that he was going to go public with this story about working at Area 51. Oh. And he did an exclusive TV interview. I think in 1990. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Got to get him out. Gotta Man, him is out. that the first sneeze we've had on the show? It might be. It took us like 60 episodes for me to sneeze. Holy shit. How's that possible? I don't know, man. I wish you were somebody who was a, a three-fur or a five-fur. We could just have you nah, keep just going. Just one, one good solid one. I'm, I'm, I'm usually I'm one and done, too. All right. Carry on. Babazar claims that he was hired to work at... Not Area 51, but something he called S4, which was an air, uh, another site about 15 miles south of Groom Lake. Yes, yes, yes. And he took a, a job working like on call there, basically, as a physicist. So he said, <laughs> right? We have a physics emergency. <laughs> well, get in here. It's basically what we need. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, I don't know what this thing does. Yeah. Call Bob. Get Bob in here. Fly him out. We we lied about a lot of stuff. So he was working in Vegas and or living in Vegas, and he would fly out as needed to Area 51 slash S4 slash Groom Lake slash whatever other names it's had. On Janet. Yes. So he said to get there, he would go to the the airport, whatever the main airport in like Vegas is. McCann I can't remember. Or- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would get on Janet. He would get on the airplane named Janet yes. and fly to the Groom Lake Airport. Yes. The homie airport. Homie. And he would then take a bus with blacked out windows. <sighs> Did he really say that? Yes. That's a direct quote. He would take a bus with blacked out windows the rest of the way to S4, which when one of our listeners, I'm not sure if he wants me to say his name or not, but one of our listeners sent me the photo of, and we'll, I'm assuming he'll let us post it. I'll post it. He took a photo outside of Area 51 of a bus with blacked out windows. Spencer, which Spencer showed it to me as we were starting. I mean, it's it's very much so a all white bus with school bus basically school bus ish with blacked out windows. With yeah, like ten percent tints on them. So, is it possible that Bob saw something like that and just repeated that story? Sure, but it's it's in some way sort of verifiable. Yeah, it's accurate enough information. Um, he then described S4, the site that he worked at, as being nine airplane hangars located near the Papoose Lake bed. It's about 15 miles south of Groom Lake. Mm. Said there were offices, a few labs, nine airplane hangars, 
He said he didn't ever see any evidence of any underground facilities, but also said that he had access only to a very specific part of the of the area. Okay. So he, he just he could only access his office essentially and nothing else. So he also admitted I might not know if there were other parts of the the installation that I just yeah. didn't have access to. Sure. He said in 1989, when he was there, that everything looked fairly new and guessed that the structures were built probably around 1980, just based on architecture and age of materials and stuff. If you, um, just really quickly, for whatever it's worth, if you go to, um, it's called, oh shit, I think it's called dreamlandranch.com. Okay. I think that's the name of the website. I'll give it a shot here. I think it's Dreamland Ranch. Dreamland something. Dreamlandranch.com takes me to. Nope. Nope. Don't do that one. Uh oh. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, guys. Don't do that. Uh, uh, Dreamland Resort. No. Dreamland Resort. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreamlandresort.com, maybe? Yep. yep, yep. That's a. Well, I mean, that's a website. Yeah. It's just it, a huge wall of text. It's a. Uh, Working on it. It's it's a very what I'm looking for is a is it very like nineties geocities? Yes. Yeah, okay. Very it's dreamlandresort.com. Okay. So on that website, they actually have a progression of the years that we have satellite photos of Area uh, 51. So it actually tells you what build outs happened in what years. When which does is that kind start? of fascinating. Um does it I go don't, back that far? No, I'd have to look at it again. I was looking okay. at it when I was researching for this episode. But but it actually it goes like it shows you photo by photo that we have in sort of retrospective gotcha. and what buildings did and didn't exist. So it could be interesting to try to pair that with whatever he's saying as all I was going for. Assuming it goes back into yeah, the right. 80s. Till, yeah. yeah, if we had it that far back. So the, the interview he did, it was about 45 minutes long, the initial interview <laughs> they did, and then he's done other ones and he maintained a website for a while. But there are a lot of direct quotes from him out there about his time Allegedly, of course, this is all like <laughs> just put allegedly uh, before, after, on all sides of all. Of I was going to say uh, our our allegedly bookends are in full play here. Yeah, and then some. Uh, he said he was given a stack of briefings on various projects, including something called Project Galileo. Galileo, Galileo, which was devoted to the study of nine disc-shaped extraterrestrial craft that were acquired by the U.S. government. Tight. Nine is a lot. Yes. Nine's more than I would think you that would say. That is you a would fleet say, of sorts. <laughs> if you were bullshitting, I don't think I would go right for nine. Right? I'd be like two. There's let's start two. With, let's start with one. Or maybe. one. Yeah, one yeah. would be easier. Uh, he goes on to describe the, the S4 as, this place wasn't exactly the kind of environment where you could just start asking any and every question you had. Security, in <laughs> fact, was oppressive. You were escorted everywhere, even to the bathroom, and if your ID badge was just the slightest bit out of place, you would be tackled by a guard and held at gunpoint until your supervisor arrived. Yeah, right. I know. I Yes. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. <laughs> God. Bob Man, goes, so serious, you guys. You'll never even believe how serious Look at how was. important I am. My name's Bob. <laughs> he claims that he I worked- got tackled so many times because I'm generally disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> he was also arrested for uh, running a brothel, if that means anything. No, to, he wasn't. Yeah, Bob he Lazar was. was. Yeah. Can our new band be called Generally Disheveled? I, I was hoping you were going to say just Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar's brothel. <laughs> no, no, it can't. That's terrible. 
He says he worked primarily with one craft, which he called the, quote, sport model. Oh, cute. It was a disc that was approximately 15 feet tall and about 52 feet across. They have a sunroof. <laughs> Probably. I don't know where that name comes from. He doesn't say why he called it that. It just looks like a, a disc. Like, it it's sounds just like a something a blathery old man would say. Like, well, I was like, I don't know. I was like a bunch of bunch of discs. I was, one, I was kind of like a sport model or something. You know, like he just he wasn't very old when he started doing this stuff. Though. Like he's in his fifties now, so yeah. he would have been thirty when yeah. he claimed to Say, have worked there. Twenties, thirties, yeah. Also, just general background on Bob. He claims that he went to MIT. That can't be verified. Uh, he claims great start. Like all the all the things he says about where he worked, where he went to school, none of it can be verified. Uh, MIT. So Stanton Friedman, who's like UFO researcher extraordinaire, mm-hmm. uh, looked. Spent a lot of time looking into Lazar's background and believes that he lied about attending both MIT and Caltech. Nice. He checked with professors. He checked with uh, yearbooks, records, transcripts. He doesn't show up anywhere. Cool. Bob can't remember what year he got his master's degree, which is not a good sign. He's not a member of any professional scientific bodies. And MIT was asked about and confirmed that there is no way to expunge someone from their records because Bob says, well, when I left working at Area 51 and started talking about this stuff, the government made they me look like- I never went there. Right. And they made me run a brothel. So I looked like a dummy. They made me. <laughs> they made me love prostitution. The government made me do it. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. So the sport model, anyway. Yes. 15 feet tall, about 52 feet across. I love that we continue to indulge the story. Like we take, hey, we take three minutes hey, to roast it. And then we're like, anyway, as the story goes. We gave you like a good half an hour of actual information that we took relatively seriously. That's true. We are taking I'm going to talk about dumb shit we're for t- the rest of no, it. No, we're taking it off the rails. Let's do it. He said it had the appearance of brushed stainless steel or maybe aluminum. He, I quoting Bob, I didn't run a test on it, so I don't know if it was metal, but I put my hands on it and it felt cold like metal and it looked like metal. Okay. It was probably metal. Quacks like a duck. <laughs> it had no physical seams, welds, bolts, or rivets. Uh, inside, there were tiny little seats, much too small to comfortably fit an average-sized human. Looks like a baby. <laughs> God damn it. Exactly. I, I bumped my head on the ends of the craft, so I concluded that the ceiling curved down to bo- below 5 feet 11 inches. There was not a right angle yeah. cut anywhere in the craft. Everything had a smooth curve to it. I have heard the seamless descriptor before. Yeah, just because it sounds cool, though, right? I don't know. I'm just saying as a trope. In right, this but I'm world. just saying like, oh, it was it was impossibly smooth. Yeah, we couldn't possibly have made something without rivets, so it must have been aliens. Well, I mean, yeah, but also I just mean in disparate accounts of an interaction with something or right. the viewing of a something I have heard before people I, say. As have I. It just reads as like a sort of, well, if you had to describe an alien craft, what would it look like? And you describe something like five years in the future. It know? also very possibly reads a lot like Bob Lazar read a lot of UFO encounter stories for right. 30 years since right. the late 50s and then said, yeah, uh, yeah, me too. No, I, yeah, me too. No, I, I made them. I built them. I seen it. Mm-hmm. He claims that one day he walked out to the dry lake bed and he saw the sport model 
which he had been working on, sweet, was out of the hangar and was beginning to lift off. Oh. It made no noise and it lifted to about 30 feet off the ground. Oh. And just sung sung silently. Hung silently in the air, moving from left to right. It was absolutely amazing, quote the Bob. He read reports. And and that's all the higher could fly. (laughs) (laughs) The aliens live 30 feet above us. How amazing would it be? On a different plane of existence. (laughs) They're just tiny. How amazing would it be if Area 51 has just existed for 60 years and we've captured all of these amazing alien aircraft and every time we try to fly them, it's like, I can't get it to go over 30 feet. (laughs) But we're making our own I can throw a tennis ball at the bottom of it. It's just sitting there. (laughs) Shit. He said he was given re, uh, reports and briefings about the origins of the craft. Oh, fancy. And it came from the Zeta Reticuli system. Sure it did. Because, you know, that's a place that's close and people know the name of. And that, yeah, especially the aliens who come from a place and use our language for where they come from. Mm-hmm. He said, I didn't speak to any aliens or see any, so I don't know if they exist or not. The report also said <laughs> that contact was made at a certain date. However, all the dates were in code. Mm. Mysterious. Also, according to report, these beings way. told our officials that they had been coming here for over 10,000 years oh. because they use Earth years for some reason. Yep. That humans are the product of externally corrected evolution. Oh. And well, that the aliens he were, got me back on board with that one. <laughs> and that the aliens were integral to the accelerated evolution of human beings. Also back on board. <laughs> he claims to have seen photos of aliens, described them as typical gray aliens, three to four feet tall with gray skin, large head. Large eyes and little spindly, weak-ass arms and legs. For once, I would love, I would really love for someone to be like, no, yeah, I saw an alien. No, 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 no. They're fucking weird. They've got like 86 tentacles (laughs) and they all come out of- Some people say they look like bugs sometimes. Yeah, but- the, but the gray kind of has a buggy, big-eyed... No, some people say they're like actual praying mantises that are 15 feet tall. Remember we did that one story? We did tell that story. But yeah, I don't know why we'd able, be able to even recognize them as like living beings. There's so many possibilities. Right. They're like, oh, it's like us, but a little smaller, and they right. got big heads, right. and they look sickly. They look sickly. They are space sick. He said in 1979 there were actual live aliens at the facility. I don't know how he would know that. And that they Did got- he not literally just say he never saw or talked to one? Correct. And they started working there in 89, a full decade later. Yes, he did say that. Oh, so his his buddy Steve was like, "Yes. Dude, there was aliens here." Yes. Cool. Uh, furthermore, the aliens got into a fight with some of the security personnel. Oh, cool. And killed a few of them. Independence Day. Mhm. The uh, he according to him the reason was they were entering like the aliens had their little quarantined area where they did weird alien shit and had different gravity and stuff and cool. you know had big heads party and that some of the security guys were coming into the area and the aliens are like no hold on you got guns those are bad in here they'll blow up and the guys are like no fuck you we like guns <laughs> and then they came in and the aliens killed all of them well they earned it hey right? look if the aliens warned them that's on them that's not on the aliens I'm saying. It's that's like, <laughs> that's why they have all those warning signs around Area 51 See? now. Because the aliens will murk you. Mm-hmm. It's like the instant death uh, scene with Rick from Rick and Morty. I don't remember that one. It's when he goes into the, he's in the president's office and all of the military guys run into the president's office and Rick's in there. And he's like, don't touch me. You'll die instantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was that. Instant death. Yeah. But from the aliens. Um, He ended up leaving... 
S4 slash Area 51 after about six months. Because according to him, he was having maritable merit. Hmm. Mm. He's having problems with his marriage. <laughs> there you go. And according to the government, that made him a candidate for, quote, emotional instability. May have had something to do with that brothel he was running, perhaps. I was they just then, they hmm. then took his security clearance and told him he could reapply in six months. So he essentially got fired. I sincerely doubt that's how any of that works I when it agree. comes to. I uh, would tend to agree with you. Clearances in the U.S. Yeah, just try again later. You're on timeout. <laughs> Go away for six months, and then we'll see if you can be a classified member of the military. He said, though, that even after he left, he knew the test schedule of some of the craft that they were working on. Oh, so he brought his buddies and a six pack of beer back to be like, "Look, those are the spaceships I made." Nice. And uh, then they got caught. Looking at the spaceships and drinking their Budweisers, their Bud Ices. And, <laughs> Bud Ice uh, in the desert. They got escorted out. He was debriefed and, quote, threatened at the time. Okay. And uh, felt that he needed to separate himself from that project as much as possible, which is when he started speaking publicly about it because he felt that if he got this information out there and was public about it and had his face on TV... That they couldn't kill him. I mean... Which is not the worst tra- strategy, if any of this is true, which it's probably not. <laughs> it is a it is a semi-commonly held strategy. Yeah. And does make sense if you... Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the condensed version of Bob Lazar. He gets pretty specific about how this craft he was working on... Operated? Worked. Yeah. He said that it generates its own gravitational field. So it had three reactors on it that could be focused in different directions that would create, that would disrupt the gravitational field around them. So basically it would create a gravitational anomaly in front of the craft that then the crafts would be pulled towards. So wherever you pointed it, it would create this attraction that would pull the ship towards it but just indefinitely like a homing beam or something yeah and you could just point it in any direction so if you wanted to go up you just point the thing at the at the sky and you'll be pulled upwards that's kind of cool conceptually it's cool it sounds a little sci-fi but it's conceptually kind of cool claim that this also allowed the craft to make really extreme uh changes in direction and speed without the occupants of the craft being affected by inertia because it created its own gravitational field. So when inside the ship, you weren't affected by changes in speed and direction because you were in this little self-contained bubble. He should have drawn up some plans. Right. He claims that the craft were powered by a type of nuclear reactor that uses something called element 115. 115. Cool. At the time that he was telling this story, there were 112 elements known to humans we're now at 118 and element 115 was first synthesized in 2003 and named moscovium in 2015 so there now is a element 115 please tell me it's the most pedestrian and benign i don't i i was trying again we need help with science (laughs) i was trying to understand what it is i don't really understand the concept of synthetic elements to begin with I don't know how you can synthesize an element. That doesn't. That process doesn't make sense to me with my total lack of understanding of chemistry. It's like a mashup. 
I don't. But isn't an element the opposite of that? Isn't an element because it's a of, base building right, block? I don't. I'm too dumb to understand how you synthesize no, elements. No, it's I don't understand either. Um, he claimed that element 115 was extremely rare and could only be found naturally occurring in deposits made in high mass star systems. Obviously, this isn't true because now we make it in labs. So, sort of right, but sort of way off in that, like, yes, there is an element 115, but it's not at all what you described. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, it was some sort of... They had a controlled decay of this element that would create radiation that created the power source for these uh, these craft. He also claimed that he was hired because to replace an engineer who had died working on this thing because it exploded and was basically like a small nuke went off. Oh, mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> oh, cool, Bob. Yeah. So, I, Bob, you fucking bad. If you, if you listen to him, he sounds like he's kind of got his shit together. You can find the the full interview on YouTube, and there's there are a bunch of uh, videos and audio of him talking about this stuff that are out there publicly available. I, any any amount of fact checking has proved otherwise, though. Bob is still out here claiming that all of this stuff is true. Yeah, I, what I was the I was gonna say when you said uh, he seems like he's got it together and he speaks fairly like intensely and passionately and sometimes specifically about this stuff. I feel like I don't mean this to be pejorative at all, but like, I feel like a lot of mentally unstable people are very, very convinced of some of their instabilities, you know? Sure. Like, well, and, and I'm analyzing it from a standpoint of like, I don't know anything about the topic that he's talking about. I don't know anything about propulsion sure. and physics. Sure. And like, no, so I, I don't either. I just, I mean the, the specifics of like, yeah, I worked there for six months and my record got expunged from MIT and like, I don't know. There's just some things that seem a little. Oh, ab absolutely. There are a lot of things that seem very sketchy and hard to believe about this dude. Yeah. And I guess I, I just feel like people who, uh, who are there, there's a lot of people in the world who genuinely believe things did or are happening to and around them. Yeah, that are not necessarily happening to or around them, but they're very, yeah. very pa in a passionate belief of those things happening. Because I feel like sometimes in our minds we go, "There's only two options here: either Bob Lazar was in fact <laughs> flying in on Janet for six months, and like all these things were real, or he's like inventing it, making it up to be some famous UFO guy." Or I feel like there's always this third option of. Somewhere in Bob's mind, he genuinely believes what he's saying is true. Sure. And then what? The information is just coming from... His imagination and but a lifetime of, of obsession. Some of it is... Yeah, it would have to be that because some of it is based in reality. Right. In, just in terms of locations and times and dates and the general idea of what is going on there. Right. But again... You probably could have dug that stuff up just by having an interest in it and right. talking to people and reading and driving past it a couple times. Like, I saw a bus with blacked out windows. Well, that must be where they put the people going to make the alien ships. I was on that bus. That's right. right. I remember right. it now. Right. Yeah. Like our like our friends who jumped off of the, the boat in the Philadelphia experiment. Right. Exactly. I saw the movie and it reminded me that that was me. That was my life that they made that fictional movie about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it all, now it's all clear. 
One time I watched Garfield and remembered that I'm a cat that likes lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new oh, my new book. Oh, I got to I got to sue them. <laughs> this is based on my life. If only I was a human so I could write them a letter. Too bad I, I'm a cartoon cat. I I've Okay, so I have two additional thoughts and or questions. Number one. Bob, okay, Bob Lazar, I think, is full of shit or mentally unstable. Not That's the most likely, yeah. Not to just be a dick, but like it sounds a lot like someone who this is... This is considered a dick move. It is a dick move, but... No, it's not. You're that, probably right. <laughs> that's kind of where this... The, the path that leads me down. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring my healthy dose of skepticism, but at the same time, I'm very curious about the fact that you know you think about it's been in effect since the early 50s, Just Area 51, in Area general. 51 yeah. in general. So going on 70 years that oh, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of weird shit that's happened there, right? But, that we will never know about, right? But but I guess I go 70 years. You know, obviously, I always feel like what's declassified is 100% the tip of the iceberg. You're never going to declassify anything that actually matters. No, exactly. Because if it's declassified, it maybe mattered at one point, but it doesn't matter anymore. But anything that has consequences will never actually be declassified. for sure. So I go, you got 70 buildings, you got underground tunnels and railways and hangars. You've got people that are doing mass amounts of construction over a 70-year period, not to mention You're the- flying people in and out every day. Jet, exactly. Yeah. Jet pilots, and you've, I mean, a commercial jet is hundreds of people, so- Well, you, doesn't have to be, but could be, yeah. Could be, at, could be at least, or up to hundreds of people, not to mention if there are, I'm sure there are places where people could live on site as well, barracks or bunkers I mean, or whatever. Somebody has to, yeah. A bunch of people have to, probably. Right. So you go, you're you're getting into the hundreds, if not thousands, if not maybe closer to over 70 years, tens of thousands of people who've worked on this this base. And the and the best reports we have of what happened at Area 51 is some FOIA request declassified stuff from 2013, 60 years after it came out. And like Bob Lazar and maybe a few other people who've been like, here's kind of what happened. I don't know, like and then, and then the the other thing too that we were talking about. I mean, we were joking about it when we came back from the break with the whole like warning. You know, you're gonna get, you're gonna get shot and jailed and yeah. fined and all that shit. Like, I don't know. Something has to be happening there. Oh, absolutely. That is extremely intense. They would well, not, the stuff that we know was like, happening there was extremely intense at the time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, if it's anything like the reverse engineering of foreign aircraft like right. that's some pretty serious shit right and, and if we're designing and assembling and testing secret spy planes that's some pretty serious shit for sure that's probably worthy of death threats yeah right <laughs> and but and not getting you and your and your dumb buddies looking for aliens to <laughs> to show up i also you know with the whole idea of compartmentalizing and need to know and like it wouldn't I don't know. I think it would be possible to keep some secrets in a in yeah. a location like that. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's a hundred percent speculation as to what that stuff would be, and that's why we get all the crazy stories that we've gotten over the years about what's going on there. And right. Then, if you you know, if you come out with a story about spacecraft 
somebody wants to put you on national TV, then we've got some incentive to do so also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I I mean, I don't think we would, whether that stuff is happening or not, I don't think we would ever know. Sure. And then when you add in the, you know, the active encouragement of misinformation, I, I don't know how you would ever s- sort all that out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's why we haven't. I think that's why it still is this magnetic force of, you know, I mean, is there a more ubiquitous phrase in the United States related to top secret government than Area 51? I don't know. Yeah. Like, Especially, I was going to say, like, in the conspiracy world, Roswell is sort of the classic, but that was one one incident. And And Roswell is... I think people probably go more towards aliens and they go towards, you know, con- government conspiracy right. or, you know, top secret. Yeah, and I don't even know if this would be, it's not a government conspiracy necessarily. It's just like a. Well, I mean, it is if the moon landing was staged there. <laughs> God damn it. We're not, no. Hangers, man. We're not getting into the that. The hangers are so big. An hour and 10 minutes into you, the podcast, we are not getting into that the shit. The hangers are no. so big. We will see you next Hollywood week. Hollywood is close, on the man. podcast. We love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. I don't believe that shit. I don't believe that shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to hit stop. If you if you don't say goodbye to people, I'm going to just cut you off. There are footprints on the moon you can see with a telescope. You Bye. Bu- you butt- We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.